How's it going? Good. You having a good week? Having a great week. Well, you know I'm going to talk about this, but I'm going to do it anyways. About what? <laughs> Every time we start off the episode. Something's going wrong? Something is going definitely wrong. Yeah. And I don't understand why. That's audio. That's the equipment. It'll work f- perfectly fine for the same reasons it won't work last week. But it always starts off bad, and then it, it, it smoothly goes better, and then we're golden. Yeah, we're good now. So you're on vacation? Yep. How do you feel? Good. Being on vacation, I'm also not editing this episode. That's part of the deal. So I can't move? Can't move, can't touch the mic, can't bang your hand, can't, I can't move the chair. So basically, we're just sitting here in a box. Yeah. I can't move my shoulders. Yeah. Can't scream because you got to fix my voice sometimes like as well. You got to sit that fucking head right there, <laughs> right where it is, and not move. All right. So it's basically like the extension level event. Something's going to blow up. If you do anything wrong, yes. Uh, it's not a, it wasn't a busy week. It wasn't a busy week. It was a very, it's a very quiet music week. Uh, we're into the episode, so let's do new releases right away. I got nothing. I have absolutely zero. That was new releases for this week. <laughs> um, it's election week. It's election week. We've been monitoring that closely before we got to recording. Did you know? Yeah. 60,000 people voted for Kanye West. I saw that, yeah. And it's great to, that you mentioned that because next week's episode is our first uh, Kanye West dissected episode, two-part episode. Oh, yes. So next week we're doing the first five We're albums? doing from early early days, I guess early production, college dropout to 808s and heartbreak for episode one. And because the week after is the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy anniversary, we're doing... My Beautiful Doctor's Fantasy to Jesus is King. And you never know, he might put out another album. Yeah. So that's Take cool. So I'm, so I'm excited to... We're finally doing the Kanye West episode. Yeah, we're excited for that one. That was something we both really wanted to do for a long time. And in the ma- in the form that we were doing seasons, it was kind of hard to include. Now that we're kind of doing just weekly episodes, uh, and we did a couple of dissected. It works. I thought of something on my on my drive here, and it was this this year is probably one of the my favorite years in music. Yeah, as much as the COVID fucking destroyed everything, there's a lot of good things that came out, and there's a, and and I'm super excited for the for the year end. Yeah, episode. that's going to be our last episode this year. Yeah, I've been I've been slowly revisiting uh, my favorite albums of the year. I notice there's a lot of there's a chunk of really strong albums, and then there's a lot of very I don't know how to say, but I don't want to say like average because they're a bit better than average, but like the seven on ten range of a lot of artists I liked for a long time. My 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 top five from like January to about June was this like it didn't move, mm-hmm. and now it completely moved. Changed. Mine is uh, fairly similar. There's albums that go up and down. We're in fall right now, so I'm listening to a lot more of the Fleet Foxes album of... Fuck, I mean, all I listen to is fall music, so... Because of the times? Right now, they're all very, they all really fit. Are you going to listen to Christmas music when uh, uh, coming up because of the snow? and? Probably not. There's a couple of go-to Christmas albums in this house. Really? Yeah. Like what? Phil Spector Christmas. 
That one's that one's good. That one's really good. Who's the other one? The guy with uh, it's a cartoon cover. Brian Setzer. Nah, not for me. No, it's like the Home Alone music. It's like rockabilly. Yeah, yeah I like that. That's cool. That was a I cool like one. I like the the. Well, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm like everyone else who likes the Peanuts soundtrack. Christmas soundtrack. I'm not a big Christmas guy. I like Christmas because I have kids, but I'm not big on it. Well, I mean, Christmas music is not something I listen to because I want to. It's something that... Oh, the Michael Bublé one is good. I like that one. Okay. Uh, there's going to probably be no Christmas releases for Christmas music this year because... Oh, there will be. I'm sure there think? will be. I think there'll be. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see. So for the rest of the year, we have episodes in place. We have, the uh, co- we have a couple. We have a... Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're, we're going to be good with that. We have the Kanye Dissecteds in two parts. We have a Jay-Z Dissected beginning of December. We have our year in review at the end of the year. Yeah. The week before Christmas, we had planned that. Yeah. And I was hoping. Yeah. And I pushed all week. Mm-hmm. But you agreed not to do it. Uh, a Buster Rhymes. Well, wait a second. <laughs> let, let, me, let me ask you how hard you pushed. Because I asked you, do you have a full episode worth of Buster Rhymes <laughs> to talk about? And you said, no. I also didn't want to bore the fuck out of the, the listeners. Because if uh, if if the Radiohead, and Outcast episodes did as well as they did, I think we'd lose some people on the Buster Rhymes one. But we're still gonna give our Buster Rhymes. We gotta talk Yelly too. Yes. Because we ended last week's episode saying like, there's a good chance we're gonna, put this album on blast. Yeah, we it was all negative. Yeah, we didn't feel very good about it. At all. How do you feel good about an album that's following? Number one, he hadn't had a good album in about 19, 20 years. Genesis was all 2001. Yeah. So 19 years. And I want to go back to listening to that later on in the conversation. And ELE came out in 95, 96? No, ELE came out in 1998. Okay, so... 99. You sure? It was 99. It's 20 plus years. Because... The Coming came out in 96. No, it was 98. The Coming came out in 96. Uh, when Disaster Strikes, 97. And then ELE and okay. 99. Then at uh, 98. Then 1999 was Anarchy. Anarchy. Okay. So let's just put it this way. ELE came out 20 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. And Bus Rhymes hasn't had a good album in 19 years. Yeah. So very soon after ELE, Buster Rhymes music fell off. Well, it was starting to go more into that. Well, he yeah, showed, yeah, he's, he shifted. He but, showed commercial light in ELE, the first okay. one. And then I found Anarchy. He was playing more around with those club hits. And then 2000 became really club hits. Okay. And then it just continued like that. But wait, I'm, this, it has nothing to do with the point I'm just about to make. Mm-hmm. So 19 years we we was the last good Buster Rhymes album. Mm-hmm. And for 10 of those years, he's been working on ELE. Yeah, because there's liking about... There's really? liking an album, and then there's finding it really good. Let's let's not kid ourselves here, because like I like back on my BS. Is it good to a certain extent? Right. I don't like it. You don't like back on my BS. I don't like anything after Genesis, and even saying I like Anarchy and Genesis is a lot. And they're fucking long. They're they're very long, and I'll be very I'll be very frank. When we did our top one hundred hip hop albums. We had the coming and when disaster strikes. And ELE, we and were ELE trying to play with. Yeah. And none of them made it. To me, Buster Rhymes does not have a classic album. He has three very good ones. 
Yeah, and I I totally agree with you. I like Busta Rhymes more as a like the the rapper, yeah, featurings. Than listening to a full body of work after, I would say Genesis. Yeah, yeah, featurings, singles. He was yes. very apparent. Like he was very busy in the club singles. Yeah, after two thousand, that, that's, that's it. That's, it that's kinda, what he was doing. He kind of held his name with that. Yeah. And then there was a big feature with Chris Brown. Oh, yes. With that, Lil Wayne. Yeah. Chris, was it that? It was Chris Brown uh, featuring Busta Rhymes and Lil Wayne. What was the song called? I, I don't can't see, remember. I don't that was, remember. We were in high school. Well, you had finished high school. You started college. I was still in high school. You sure? I think yeah. we were already working together when that came out. Really? Yes. Well, it's on the Fame album. Yeah, so we were working of, together. Let me just tell you right now. But yeah, continue. That kind of brought him back into the light, right? Yes. And it was around the back of my BS era, like era which uh, then the album yeah. didn't really live up to the hype either. Yep, exactly. Well, it had some really good songs. Like that T-Pain single was the great. Song, yeah, no, no, it had some good songs for sure. Like we, We're not going to take any of that away, but there was hype around it being another return back on my BS. He's back on his... Bullshit. Uh, it was a Look At Me Now featuring Lil Wayne That's and Buster it. Rhymes. We're here talking about ELE2. So what were your first thoughts? Because we were listening to it together that morning. First thoughts? Or you want to talk about my, my thoughts before, like my... Leading up? You're leading up. Okay, leading up. Leading up, I thought there's absolutely no way you can put out an album almost 20 years later. Already that you're, already that you're Buster Rhymes, you have... A handful of very good to good albums. And you're hyping this album up 20 years after your last great album. Like I said, you've been working on this for 10 years now. You've been talking about this. You've released very, very subpar projects in between this 10-year window. You came back on a Tribe Called Quest stuff and you sounded really good. You should have taken advantage to release material then. Mm Mm-hmm. But instead, no, you just cooled off again. You disappeared. Now you release ELE2. You're giving a sequel to arguably your best album. Not my personal favorite, but arguably your best album. And we're just supposed to absorb it like Mm -hmm. your hot shit again. That was my initial. And going into it, I thought... I'm going to put this on and think there's a handful of good songs. The single, The Dawn with the, the, the Dawn versus the Boss. Is that what it's called? With, yeah, with Vibes Cartel. I, you know how I've, I've, I've expressed to you how I thought it was pretty funny. Song, yes. As that is your single. Fuck. Yeah, it's, it's like a weird choice of a single. And, and, and it's a funny song to me that this grown man is making, trying to make this club anthem that would have been popular again 10 years ago. Yep. And, um, I just thought, no way, not going to work. You? I was fucking, I was excited, but thinking about it, I was just like, meh, really? Is this really going to be good? Are we going to really want to hear this? Am I going to sit through it? What are the featurings going to be? How long is the album going to be? Is it going to be relevant? Is he going to use all these fucking new rappers? And just try and fit in. Again, hit for hit, the guy is like you. Sometimes you can't beat him. 
depending on who which artist you put against him for hit for hit, yeah. Buster Rhymes is like king of hits, like yeah. club anthems, yeah, and, and all and that stuff. Ways, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, what is he gonna do with this? And every year, this guy would drop a single, and I'd be like, finally. And every year, he would not put out a fucking album yeah. with, for that single. And Ninth Wonder, two years ago, 2018, said, tweeted or Instagram post, some, something like that, said, hey, you better all change your top lists of the year because this Buster Rhymes is going to be the best album of the year. And then two years later, it comes out. Yeah. So you're just trying to play like they're hyping it up. Like, fuck, people, he's been saying an album's going to be coming out every year. Is this album going to be something you recorded all fucking 10 years ago? Yeah. And it's not going to be relevant at all? What's going to happen? So I went into that. I was excited, though, because I wanted, I wanted material from the guy. Yeah. So that's that was my initial uh, leading up to it. So Then we listened to it together. Yeah, well, not together. Not we, together in person, but same time... Uh, Friday morning. Yeah. You shocked me with what you said going back and forth. I didn't expect that from you. Okay. I thought I thought it would be I, I thought you wouldn't be on the train with it. Like I thought you would It was cool the way we were listening to it together. Mhm. And I was actually surprised but I'm actually happy that we had that discussion that morning. Yeah. About it. Now give me your thoughts on it. The album after having heard it. After after having heard it. Have you heard it more than once? Uh skimmed through it. Okay. As you would know after, uh, I mean, having a week off and not being at the work desk, like I don't have much time to listen to yeah, a 24 just, track album. At 24? I thought it was 22. 22? Something like that. I so after over 20, off, yeah. So I'm still, 22 is still not short enough. No. But, um... My initial reaction was the sequel thing followed the theme to ELE and it delivered. He delivered a sequel to ELE. Mm -hmm. I thought there was no tracks that I needed to skip. There were some tracks that I found too weird, but that's part of the Buster Rhymes thing. You got to remember those When Disaster Strikes tracks that Stood out. Yes. The fucking video. What was the music video in the, I in put the my ha I'm putting my hands where my eyes... Something like... Fuck, I can't remember the name. But there were... There's just... Like... It, put his, my hands where my eyes can see him. His his video... Like, his songs were always, like, stand out. A lot of his singles, whatever. So there's some tribute to that on this album. Mm -hmm. uh, I was disappointed. Let me save what I'm disappointed in, because it was really only one thing. Uh, but I thought the album flowed. I thought there was chunks of like, like the first part of the album had the most Busta Rhymes sounding songs. In the middle, it got a bit star heavy, Rick Ross, Vibes Cartel. And then to close off the album, it closes, a, I mean, very, similar to, very similarly to ELE2, wraps up the kind of concept. Um, I don't have much to say. I think it delivered. I think it's a very good album. It's a very good Buster Rhymes album. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's best one in 19 years. The disappointment for me was featuring Old Dirty Bastard and featuring M.O.P. <laughs> are not featurings. Their samples of their most popular songs fit onto his song. 
So that that being said, let me elaborate on that. Maybe the disappointment is that you're trying to create something memorable from MOP's Annie Up and from Old Dirty Bastards Brooklyn Zoo, but the songs themselves are already memorable. What are you trying to do? He even calls back to Pastor Cravassier in one of the songs. It's not because those things are memorable that you could just recycle them and try to create a highlight. Those are some of the worst parts of the album, if you ask me. Hmm. Interesting. Was there a meaning to sampling the entire verse of Brooklyn Zoo? We've all heard Brooklyn Zoo. Why is featuring Old Dirty Bastard his Brooklyn Zoo verse? And why is featuring MOP the Annie Up course that everyone's heard and party to and loved? And he did a music video with them just screaming in the background. So, But that's your only disappointment. And I'm not shocked, but I'm like, you know what? You really like the album. That's good. I did. I did. And I can't believe you sat through 22 songs. An hour and I 17 minutes. I can't believe I sat through 22. It was a busy work day. So an hour and 17 minutes. It. Yeah, it's very long. So I'll give you mine. Yeah. I had a lot more disappointments than you. Mm-hmm. Oh, 7.5 on 10. Okay, you're giving your, your score 7.5. Wow. Uh, I had a lot more disappointments. I found it good. I found it too long. I found take out five, six songs, and I'm going to tell you which ones after, and we'll discuss them real quick. It's fucking too long. There's songs there that don't need to be there. Like you said, he's trying to recycle. Like he brought back a a club song that is zero relevant right now. I think it's the fourth or fifth song on the album. Yeah, we both we both discussed that one being weird, but that was also the one that I meant sounded yeah. a bit like When Disaster Strikes Anarchy. Like that song does not need to be on your album. No, I know you recorded that song 10 years ago and you just kept it on the album because you thought it would fit. It fits, but it shouldn't be there. It's a filler, yeah. You know what I mean? It's a huge filler. I think the name of the song is, uh, yes, Out of My Mind. Yeah? yeah. Show me the track list. It's after the one with MOP. Yeah, that's right, yeah. It flows well into yeah. into the track list, but it's not a song you need to be there. You no, cut it's it, not. Yeah, you cut right. it right out and it's at you're at twenty one songs. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna take out the negative first. That fucking song with Vibes Cartel, get it the fuck <laughs> out of here. Please. You don't need that on your album. You just it should have been a. you sh- I'd rather have you put the single with Chris Brown from two thousand twelve. On here, then put the one with Vibes Cartel. It's a useless song. It's a skip for me. Even the first time I heard the album, and I don't find it flows. Remove it the fuck out. It doesn't fit with the ELE concept either, I find. At all. Because ELE original, ELE original, ELE, is, uh, the first album didn't have but shit he's, like that. But he's talking to you about the end of the world and w- what the end of the world is going to be like and why it's going to be like that. And this song is about... Being the boss and the dawn with vibes cartel and ta- and just just basically saying absolutely nothing. I'm talking about butts. Yeah. Um, the song before that, oh no, where he's singing waka flaka, a lot. That doesn't need to be on there either. <laughs> Get it the fuck out. Uh, Do you think you recorded that one ten years ago? No, I think that's fairly new. Why would he be saying waka flaka? I think he's just trying to, I don't know, I think he's just trying to do something with his voice or just scream something out there. I don't know. 
I don't think he did that 10 years ago because the beat seems very trappy type beat. Okay. Uh, get the one with Nikki Greer at the end, Freedom. Mm-hmm. Get it the fuck out of there. Okay, I didn't hate that one. It's not that I, I, I hate it. It's just that the song before that featuring Mary J. Blige, it's kind of like, it's kind of the same song. Maybe he's talking two different things on it. Yeah, but it, the freedom is the end of the is the end of the event. Okay, but you have Satanic right after that. Yeah. Okay, uh, the song with Mariah Carey, I like it. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, I like it. it doesn't need to be there. I like it though. So you don't like when he has the R and B stuff? No, I like, but too much of it. Too much at the same time. Oh yeah, it's all the end. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean, you're right? Yeah. Okay. Spread it out. Spread it out. Uh, but besides that, man, like there's some really great songs on here. Song, my favorite song. You ready? Ele two. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Yeah. That was fucking well put together. What's the third track? The third track is "Strap Yourself Down." That was my favorite. That and the Q-Tip song. Yes, I like a lot the ODB song. I because I like the, the the slow flow and how how he's rapping super slow. Okay. On it, it kind of. It, it he's in pocket with the beat. Is there something you caught from him just using the Brooklyn Zoo verse that makes sense to the song? Because I do you, did you see something? No, he's saying this, he's doing that. Uh, I didn't catch shit. I think that what he did was he just kind of sampled "Old Dirty Bastard," and there's something I didn't dig into it, but there's something he's. It's not the yes, there's Brooklyn Zoo, but there's something else that might have been recorded from "Old Dirty Bastard." That was put into here. I I haven't fully dug into it because okay. it's not a song that I keep going back to. I go back to a lot way more songs on here than, yeah. than that one. I like it a lot though. Okay. Uh, True indeed, DJ Premier. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't like that one. Eh? No, you didn't like it. I like it a lot. But I'm gonna tell you something, Buster Rhymes and DJ Premier. Don't fucking tease me like that and put the song a minute and thirty seconds. I don't need that. You need to do that at least three minutes, four minutes, six minutes. I don't care. You can't do that. You can't use, you've never used DJ Premier in your whole career and you're fucking using him for a minute and 30 seconds? Well, in my opinion, now there's a reason why he didn't use them. Like, I don't find they go together. Really? I, I find it find was like worked. fucking, it was perfect together. I was even thinking while listening, imagine DJ Premier produced a full Busta Rhymes album. Huh. I found it blended okay. super cool. well. The Kendrick song is great. It fits so well on the album. I think he needed that. I think he needed that to add some appeal to like... Because you got to remember, before Busta went club, and sorry to cut you off in the middle of your explanation, I feel like I do that a lot. Um, before Busta Rhymes went commercial, he was an underground artist. He was with the Method Mans, the lyrical guys. So Kendrick today... The guy, like people that like Kendrick today might refer to Buster Rhymes as like a featuring rapper, as a club mm-hmm. guy, but Buster Rhymes was very much that type of Kendrick rap in the 90s. Nothing was sounding like the coming in when disaster strikes. No. And, and fucking Corn Nazi on the Yelly. Crazy, huh? Crazy. But this guy is looked at as a club guy. Like he's in anthems and stuff like that. But if you listen to his albums, he has a lot of deep cuts. He does. In his albums. Big time. Like huge. And he said this in an interview where he's like, I can make the club songs and I have them all because people attract to that. 
But when you listen to my albums, I'm talking different things. I'm talking science, mathematics, and all that stuff. Not that I know as much of it as other people do, but he, you, he's saying that, and he says it in this album too. But anyways, I enjoyed the album, except for those few disappointments, like the featurings, the track list being super long, those songs that I would take out and make it a... 16 song album i would yeah, have been have super been happy with a 16 song album give me eight bonus tracks that i don't need to listen to exactly a double yeah. disc yeah yeah. that would have been amazing yeah and it all filler songs that don't fit the album yeah throw them at the end somewhere and yeah i agree and let me just say something about the featurings i'm happy you put rick ross because i find you guys go well together yeah kendrick but jesus christ you could have put some more people you were probably doing this on purpose to shine and have the spotlight on you, which is understandable. Fine, I think after 10 years of waiting. But that Vibes Cartel, I don't need him. Uh, Mariah Carey, I don't need you. Uh, all those other people, I don't... MOP screaming in the background, I don't, I don't need. I don't need that, yeah. Like, I would have liked to seen you do something else with other people. Anderson Pack, that was a good featuring. That, that, that worked. I enjoyed that, it. That, that was a single, right? Yeah. See, that should have been the single you drove because people like Pack featuring people yeah. like pack has an interesting fan base he has a, a, a fan base that follow him well, yes big time and even people that don't necessarily follow his catalog know and like him he's diverse too exactly you're showing you could touch on other things yeah for sure that should have been the single you really pushed not that vibes cartel shit. no uh it's da- vibes card vibes cartel is outdated yeah it's Fuck. not like it's not what's gonna sell you this nobody's gonna buy this album because vibes cartel is on it there was missing those featurings that really could have clicked with him. Yeah. That Griselda featuring. Because look at Buster Rhymes featured on many Griselda projects. And okay. it sounded that could have been fucking cool. amazing. That could have been cool. That dark. Like Yelly, it's a dark. Yeah. Yelly is dark. You put You're Griselda right. on there. Like you, like look at Griselda on Supreme Blind Tell, West Side Gun. Buster Rhymes was rapping exactly like he's rap- rapping on Yelly. Yeah. And on those first few tracks. Just very grimy and deep voice yeah. you could have had Griselda uh, I would have liked to see you know what I wouldn't have minded Amigos song with oh, Buster okay. Rhymes interesting I, I wouldn't really, have minded I wouldn't have minded another Pharrell produced was there any no none the production is Knots DJ Premier uh, Rock Wilder mm-hmm. uh, there was no Timbaland no Dr. Dre like the previous albums uh, Ninth Wonder Okay. The Rhapsody. Uh, that was good. That, that was, was a really a, good track. I was very impressed with him with that What's track. What's the name of that track? Uh, can't remember. Uh, but it was a good track. It's a, Everybody needs to hear that track, to be honest. Yeah, that was one of the highlights of this album. Yeah, and you like the way it flowed into it as well, yeah. probably, right? Yeah. Uh, that track is called Best I Can. Every time I hear Rhapsody, I think I'm listening to Pimple Butterfly. It's crazy, huh? Yeah. You know what I just thought of right now? Off the top of my head. And I think it's a song right before it too. Slow down. Again, if there's no message that he's trying to convey with ODB being the sample that he used, that would have been a cool thing to pay homage to Fife Dog. Yeah. That would have been cool. I found And then into the track with Q-Tip. I found the Q-Tip song was super good. Yeah, really good beat. But the... I would have wanted more from Q-Tip on that song. He could have done so yeah. much more, man. Yeah. These two have such a chemistry. 
that they could have done fucking way more to a song. But they had a whole mixtape together that didn't do well. No, because it was so. a mixtape and nobody paid attention to it. I would have seen. I would have liked to see some more featurings. My score. Yeah. Seven on ten. Okay, so I gave it a, a point five higher. Yeah. I'm buying you a Buster Rhymes T-shirt. The thing, yeah, I love that. The thing is that um, with the coming cover on it, though. Yeah. Did uh, you know the ELE cover is Wall Street on fire? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, when I was young, a friend told me that I couldn't listen to Buster Rhymes because he does crack cocaine. <laughs> but I think, like, I mean, who told you that? An old friend. But it, but it's because I mean, the the music videos were like. Very like. Hype Williams did a lot of his music. They were videos. not. They were like in your face, like everything's going. So my friend had told me that he doesn't listen to him, and I shouldn't because he does crack cocaine. What? What's the? Uh, is it break your neck? What's the one where he's like? No, no, it's bef- the video I'm talking about is before so the, the tornado. Give me some I, more. I, no, well that <laughs> prime that that's a great that's example. That's an amazing of them, video. But it was the one with the twister, the tornado, and fuck, I forget. We'll look after. We'll find it after. But uh, yeah. So, I was going to say something about, uh, until we started talking, talking about crack, yeah. Um, but yeah, Busta Rhymes. Yeah. There's a there's a very, like, uh, the, we wanted to base our episode around this. Not Busta Rhymes, but we just did half an hour on it. But we wanted to talk about sequels in music. Yes. Because ELE 2 came, I think we said five times now, came. 19 years after, no, how many, but 20 plus years after ELE. And this has been a trend in hip hop since Cuban links, maybe. Well, Carter. All right. Carter one, Carter two. Yeah. The Carter three come in sequence or it came after something else. No, it was in, it's in, well, don't count the mixtapes. Yeah. But the mixtapes had dedication one, two, three, four, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. But yeah, I, Carter is probably the most successful one. So when artists do this, whether it's in rock music and hip hop music. They don't and, do it in rock music. Well, no, but 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 it's important that it, it's been done. Led Zeppelin 1, 2, 3, 4, but they're done in sequence, right? Mm-hmm. It's the first album. It's the second album. It's the third album. It's the fourth album. It's not like, okay, you know what? Album six is going to be called Led Zeppelin 2. Mm-hmm. Like the Carters. It was Carter 1, Carter 2, Carter 3. They followed. Yeah. Okay. When artists take their best album, I think the first time we really saw this was only built for Cuban links. And then way down the line, 15 years later, 16 years later, only built for Cuban links too. That really kind of started it in hip hop, no? Putting out a sequel to your best album. And when you're way out of the game. Well, yeah. Well, the, the the lengthiness of not releasing the same the same one with a with a number at the end of it. Yeah. Like Jay Z did Blueprint, and then he did Blueprint two right after. Yeah. Then he switched it up, and then he came back to Blueprint three. Yeah. So when does it work? When doesn't it work for you? I used to enjoy it because I heard how good Cubilinks two was. I don't want that anymore. Like I really don't want that anymore. Do they do it to revive their career now? I think so. I think it's to get those older fans back into it. By by giving you a name of something that's familiar? Yeah. 
like not everybody's gonna make the same album. Not everybody's yeah. gonna. It's not gonna be as good as your first. It's almost that's true. Impossible. As much as I love Cuban Links too, it's not as good as Cuban Links. No, 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 it's not. You know, like it's we're not. using yeah, that yeah, one, yeah, yeah. but now we have Ghostface that wants to come out with Supreme Clientele too. So perfect, perfect that you just said that. For me, Cuban Links two works. Supreme Clientele two doesn't. No, because Cuban Links is kind of a concept. Yeah, it's mafioso rap. They're telling a story with a like a movie. Or Supreme Clientele is not a concept. It just happened to be his best album, mm-hmm. and then he named it Supreme Clientele two. Fish scale two could have worked. Yeah. Supreme Clientele 2 doesn't say much to me because there's no concept in Supreme Clientele. It's just his best album. Exactly. But so, again, that's wait, you just said it's his best album. Yeah. So is he doing it to revive his career and to yeah. get people to pay attention to him yeah. again? Ra- rappers, artists are doing it for but that. Fish scale 2 would have been at least concept related. Mm-hmm. Well, around the. Right. That whole, all the whole. Well, I mean, he's always talking crack, but there's more of a story on fish scale. Well, yeah, big time. The blueprint, one, two, and three for me, is absolutely that's problematic as well because blueprint one is Jay Z's best album, and it's also him putting a stamp on a change uh, in his music. Also, yeah, from like where he Very was before true. that into where he's going at with the soul samples and all that stuff. Exactly. The Blueprint production, two, yeah. 2001. Right. Blueprint 2 then just happens to be a bunch of throwaway songs. Horrendous. And then Blueprint 3 is like a pop, a hip-hop, like pop and hip-hop fused very well together. But yeah, but... but completely unrelated to Blueprint. Mm-hmm. No? No, but I understand why he called it that. Because okay. though in 2001, he started something different. Okay, I see it. Yeah, And okay. now... He's in 2009. Yeah. Starting something different, different sound again. So the main theme on Blueprint is really how he came to be, how he did things so you didn't have to do them, how he's, how he pretty much grew into, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he came uh, from being a drug dealer into like, you know, businessman, yeah. businessman, et cetera. Blueprint 3 is about complaining about the direction of the music industry. Mm-hmm. But he's using sounds that he didn't use beforehand. It's like a kind so of... So the re- sounds are more relevant on Blueprint than the themes? You're saying? I think Blueprint 1, no. Blueprint 2, yes. Uh, 3, yes. So the Blueprint... Look at the artists he's using in Blueprint 3. J-, J. Cole's on there. Drake's on there. Cuddy, Kanye twice. Rihanna's on there. Empire of the Sun's on there. Mr. Hudson. Yeah. Pharrell. Yeah. Jeezy. Jeezy's on a great track, that track. That's a really good song. But that's... Death of Auto-Tune. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. For me, the, the Blueprint series doesn't exactly work. I like Blueprint 1 and I like Blueprint 3, but they're not a sequel to me. One is not a sequel to the other to me. Well, the second one ruined the whole fucking thing. second one ruined the whole thing and the third is too different sounding to be a sequel. So, wh- Whereas a Cuban Links 2, yes, the games change, the beats are different, Whatever you want to say. The sound, the way, the style is still Mafioso rap. He brought that sound back. Because in between the Lex Diamond album and... No, it was just rap albums. and all that. They weren't albums that necessarily did anything. It was just rap albums, storytelling. That's it. He brought it back to a concept. Yeah. And it worked fucking super well. And if he ever does it again, I'm going to be all ears. 
Cuban Links 3, yeah, I yeah. listen. Of course I listen. Uh, the Carters. Yeah. Okay, but, but okay, go. Well, I'm just saying the Carters. Yeah. Like the beginning of the Carter, yeah. the first one. Uh-huh. Into the second one. Yeah. It's a shift in his... Yeah, that's different than Jay-Z, though. Yeah. Because that's his first album, well, his first studio album, right? No. That's oh, no, five, f- it's the third or fourth? Fourth. But they came in sequel. Yeah. One, two, three in a row. So you got the growth of Lil Wayne over yeah. three Carter albums. But then four came later and five came later. To me, the Carter is a trilogy. Even though there's four and five. Is there even six now? How many is he at? Four, five. 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 Four and five to me are, are not part of... He's dropping us. The Carter's. Oh, of course he is. But those are not part of the Carter's. No, but you see the way on the card. Like the Carter one starts it off. Where he's explaining to you where he's from. He's he's basically it's, it's he's like a tourist guide. Yeah. In his own hood. Yeah. In his own house. That was a fucking amazing concept. Yeah. Then the the second one. And then the third one. I totally agree with you. Port of Miami. Port of Miami one. Port of Miami two. Ross just used that to bring because it was like ten years. Yeah. That they came out, so he just wanted to bring it back. But nothing about Port of Miami two is. No. Related to Port Miami 1. Not that I, not that I see. Which one's better? Number two, 110%. Yeah. Oof, yeah, 110%. one's a little rough. There, but but in, in that defense, Ross has a very select few of good albums, right? Yeah. Documentary, the game. Yeah. Well, he's stuck with the concept, though. Yes. And to be honest with you, I almost felt like Documentary, Doctor's Advocate, and LAX were also a trilogy of their own without having the sequel number. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And then he brought back the two. But explain to explain to me two for a second. I want to explain your point of view on two. Now we're just jumping around everywhere. But okay. just explain to me your point of view on documentary two. Well, he took it back to the... I mean, to me, Game always had the, the his sound. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing Game does, I don't think all of his albums are great. I think Past LAX is a handful of good tracks here and there, but it gets redundant. I think the documentary too was a tribute or more of a follow-up to his startup, to documentary, to how and everything he spoke about on that album. Everything well everything he spoke about, the sounds come back. That's about it for me. So we're seeing a trend with trying to bring back that sound. Bringing back the, the, the album you're trying to sequel. Mm-hmm. You should. You absolutely should. If that, if you're gonna call it part two, you absolutely should. But what's going on right now is people are doing it to revive themselves or for people to pay attention. Look at Migos. Well, well, they followed up. It was one and then the other. Yeah. It wasn't way down the line. But why are we using it now? Why are we using what now? Where's the theme in it? Migos. I don't think Migos ever had a theme. I think they just took culture and. But because it was blew up too, so yeah. much. That, hey, we're going to do Culture 2, double disc. Yeah. Pay attention because right. it's going to be as good or better. Right. But let's say like something like uh, going back to right now to Buster Rhymes that kind of started this conversation. He did what Cuban Links did. He followed up on the theme of ELE, the time that we're in. We're still in this weird time. Remember the, the 98 one came like during, I think, Clinton era, right? Yeah, it was going to be the year 2000. Right. People didn't know what was going to happen. Look at, it was the, the computers were going to stop. That's I don't it. Know, it was like, like a big, fucking, like, yeah. like a big change. 
and now into this kind of, I mean, Trump era is, is where uh, COVID, all that stuff. It's it's just so appropriate to have this ELE two. And he talks concept. about stuff like that on the album. Yeah, yeah he touched. Yeah, he definitely touched. So he followed up to the theme. The sounds are similar to ELE. It's a long ass album. A lot of guests, a lot of different changing styles of hip hop. It it fits as a sequel. It's not just and even though we say about that vibes cartel song, but if five of the songs were like that, no way. This isn't a sequel to your classic album, quote unquote. I find we don't need to call the album with a two or a three or a four. Unless you're just following up like Run the Jewels one, two, three, four. It's just exactly. four Run the Jewels albums. Yeah, they don't want to call it anything. That's it. And that's fine. Like they, like they that, don't even need titles, those albums. Do you know what I mean? It's like you just put the number behind it and it's just like it's like a movie, basically. Yeah. Like the lethal weapons, one, two, three, four. The fucking Lord of the Rings, the Harry Potters, all that shit. It mm-hmm. just and that is that's cool. Yeah. But we don't need everybody to start doing something like that. It can become a trend in music. It can become a trend in no. because it just gets redundant and it's like it's not gonna be as good as your last. I like when artists, and we're going to touch on it next week, but like a college dropout into a late registration, it's clearly a following. It's clearly a part two, but it it's it's continuing the story with a new context. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like what Jay-Z did with the volume one, volume two, volume three. It was, volume one really followed up on the themes of reasonable doubt. Volume two, he was a bit more made. And volume three was more comfortable, mm-hmm. let's say. Is there any more in hip hop? Yeah, there is a bunch of mixtapes come out that one, two, Yeah, three. well, mixtapes, though, it's kind of just easy to slap that on and get it out there. I, I could see why artists would do that. An artist that just came to my head. Yeah. Freddie Gibbs and Madlib. Bandana Pinata. They didn't put a two. No. Freddie Gibbs is his own artist. Pinata than Bandana. Sorry. Freddie Gibbs is his own artist. Yeah. Madlib is his own producer. Uh huh. But Freddie Gibbs is absolutely going to do BFK two at some point. You really think so? Oh yeah, it's it's totally. I think I could so see it. I could so see that being a project. I think he doesn't need to name his name his fucking album that. He doesn't. But I could see he him do it. We discussed something actually about about Freddie Gibbs. He has two albums with Madlib. He has two albums with. Uh, Alchemist Yeah One with Currency And Alchemist And then he has four Studio albums And mixtapes Yeah One mixtape is great BFK Yep Very great Four studio albums Are all right Mm -hmm. And four collab albums Are very good Yep So he performs better In a collaboration Maybe I should do BFK too On my own Uh. I I don't It's not Something I care for but it's definitely something that, okay, like, let's see what it does in terms of sales. But look at all those big artists. Outcast never came out with a two. Nope. Kendrick Lamar so far hasn't come out with a two. Nope. He did do that shitty damn thing, which I think is a, is so, I'm sorry, I'm you're smiling. I think you like that. I think that was the fucking corniest thing he ever had in his playbook. The... The, the thing where he flipped his album? Re-release your album, Deluxe Edition, but it's the same songs reversed. Because, I don't know. Anyways, I don't want to get into that one now because we're just going to get into a do- whole different train. Well, I thought we'll that was cool. We'll save that for cool. a concept album episode. Concept album episode. Uh, 
There's, but there's big artists that don't do it, and I find like you know what Kanye did fucking well with that. He never put out a second. No, because exactly that. Late registration followed up college dropout with a new. Is that what you said, Kanye? Yeah. Followed up well enough, and graduation supposed to be good ass job. That's the preview into next week. Was supposed to close the trilogy, and but then did. graduation happened, and yeah. then. I mean, let's not get too much into this, but graduation, he killed the skits. So the so he kind of started abandoning the project on college dropout late registration. There's no more skits. It's just 14 songs or 13 songs, whatever. And and that pushed him into the next sounds of his career, let alone the first kind of concept he was creating with his character. It's you don't need to make those albums. You don't need to make fucking number two stop it. Just change the title of it. I agree. And people will pay attention if they want to pay attention. Unless you have a serious concept and you've calculated it a bit like this Buster Rhymes, a bit like Cuban Links 2, then I'm fine with it. Two things could happen when you do that. You will fucking ruin... Oh, yeah. The legacy of your album, yes. And it could be good. Yeah. Or better. But we haven't got the better yet. So Supreme... Actually, we have... Supreme Clientele 2 might not... Which one? Well, Carter. Carter, but yeah, but that's in sequence. It's the growth of his career. It's yeah, not 20 years down the line. It's true. Yeah, it's true. It's normal that, okay, you're going to prefer one over the other because you're following his trajectory, right? So the, so the, the Wayne, the Run the Jewels, all that, that stuff. Works. I find that works. That, I, I'm fine with that. I don't like when it's 20 years down the line, like Supreme Clientele 2 is going to be like... I'm scared for that to uh, come out. Yeah, it could be just as good as, you know, like... Pretty Tony could be better. Like Pretty Tony could have been a better part two. Yeah, but we don't need that. We don't need part twos. That's the problem. This we is, don't. We the don't. whole conversation is we do not need part. We don't twos. need part twos. So, a lot of other part twos that got put on hold. This seems to be a thing with Wu Tang, but Liquid Swords too got put on hold. That's a hell of a concept album. You cannot go away from that concept. No, you'll fuck it up. There was a bunch of part twos fucked. Bunch yeah. of part twos. That never came out. It, you know what that is? And I'm going to finish the conversation. It's to hype you as an artist uh-huh. for people to pay more attention to. That's it. Hey, I'm going to put out part two or part three. The year goes by, doesn't come out. Next year, you say the same thing. The third year, you say the same thing. And then it finally comes out or never comes out. And it's just that that people are talking about. That's all people are, You go on websites, it's just that... This person is going to finally put out part two of this. Oh, fuck. I don't give a shit no more. Remember when we bought the uh, Method Man, Red Man, Blackout album? I never bought it. I got it for free. Okay. Blackout 2. There was an album that was promoted in it that never came out. Muddy Waters 2? Muddy Waters 2? Or was it? No, not, no. It was Crystal Meth. But no, there was both of them. There was Muddy Waters too, <laughs> and Crystal Meth. And they even had artwork, I think. Yeah. They didn't record a goddamn song for that. This, a lot of it is just to hype you, mm. to get you ready for something, to see if people are interested. I've been fucking waiting for Muddy Waters too now, as almost as much as the same time as I've been fucking waiting for this Buster Rhymes ELE. What do you think about like Nas, Illmatic, and then nope. Stillmatic? Oh, that was that was cool. Did he stick with the concept? No. Hmm. He, I think he just 
put stillmatic in in front of it to get people to be like, ooh, what's he gonna do with this? There's not 20 songs on the album. I just put out two mediocre albums. <laughs> Let Do me go know? listen. I oh, know you like it with written. So, hip hop is a weird genre of music for things like that. Yeah. You don't really see things like that anywhere else. So, but the you, sequel, you're pretty much saying the sequel is a desperate move. Most of the time, yes. Okay. What were you going to say? You told me something, you texted me something today. About another sequel coming out that's not has nothing to do with hip hop. Well, not totally to do with hip hop, but there might be another group that puts out a. Oh yeah, Gorillaz, Plastic Beach too. Really? Yeah, there was talks about it. So now they did. They this year they just did their Song Machine. Gun uh, Funk concept. That what? No, the the one you like. Song Machine, yeah. Yeah. It's like um, Song to Machine it. season one. There's gonna be Song Machine season two, and apparently they want to put out a movie with that. The purpose of Song Machine was. A bunch of songs. Every song has guests, and they're all standalone tracks that don't work in a concept necessarily, but also kind of do because they're all standalone songs. It's kind of like a, I guess, a jukebox of sorts. Mm-hmm. A pl- not a playlist, but like a, how could I call it? Like a top forty blow through type of vibe. Oh wow! Forty like 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 eleven great pop songs with eleven great guests. They do that. Or, or more it's guests. It's cool that they do that. They use a lot of guests. Yeah. So they're going to do a part two and they wanted to do a movie with it that goes together. But they also spoke about Plastic Beach too. Because Plastic Beach concept was about taking care of your planet. Right? And basically Damon Albarn said in, in the interview, I don't think we're ever really... Or, we never, we never left Plastic Beach, or I don't think we'll be leaving Plastic Beach. So basically, it's just another opportunity they're going to take to address climate change, take care of your planet. It's it's a good. It, I, I definitely think the idea is good. Uh, it needs to be put forward, but I don't know how much of a platform gorillas have to do it anymore. Because remember, Plastic Beach came out after Demon Days. Demon Days was hype. Demon Days was huge. So when they were coming back around, it was exciting. But now, as I said last episode, they kind of lost their magic. How relevant are they anymore? Hmm. You know? Everybody, like I remember discovering Gorillaz and not knowing who was behind it. Now that you kind of know who, what the project involved, is it like who's involved in this? Yeah, just, yeah. I feel you. And it's kind of become like he, he was still ending Blur back then. He mm. had the good, the bad, and the queen. So now it's kind of like become his main project. There's less magic. I get what you're saying. So maybe it's great. I think you need to address uh, these type of things, no matter how big or how small your platform is. But yeah, I don't think naming your album Plastic Beach 2 necessarily means you're going to make another classic we should do an episode on unrelevant artists that would be another good episode do you think Buster Rhymes is relevant right now with the album he just put out I don't I don't and the proof is there because nobody's reviewing it I'm sorry to say this I look at reviews when albums come out there yeah, is so much 
but Steve, there's so much music. Mm-hmm. I need some sort of guidance. If 20 professional critics, and if you use like something like aggregate, like Metacritic or uh, Rate Your Music, where a bunch of people are voting, if a bunch of critics are writing reviews and the scores that they're giving this album is being aggregated to anything below a 7 on 10, the chance that 20 critics all didn't like your album or all said it was average or all said it's not very good, I'm sorry, it means it's probably not very good. And there's so much music that I need to or that I like to hear there's obviously the artist that even if you get a 6 on 10 or a 4 on 10, I'm going to listen to it. But when it comes to like certain artists, if I don't see a score that looks appealing, unfortunately, I'm going to pass. If I liked your last two albums only, let's say. And now this one seems like... Mac DeMarco is a great example. His last studio album was a flop. Did that guy die out flop. or what? He's still very well liked, but his last album, his last studio album, which I can't even name, which I don't even own, was a flop. At some point, you have to kind of draw the line where like, I'm not going to listen to this for myself and make a decision. Because it's not good anymore. Because people have decided altogether that this album is not good. What is going to, you know, maybe I will like it. But there's five other albums I could go here instead, and those are what I'm. Those are what I'm. I'm sorry. That I hate that I'm like that. Yeah, because so if a critic gives a bunch of bad scores for this certain album, yeah, you're not gonna go listen to it at all, or you're gonna fucking toss it. If to the I side? see, if I see, so so this is the the point of this question that you brought up. And I think I got off topic, but my answer was: Is Buster Rhymes relevant? I didn't see enough scores to tell me don't listen to this. People aren't reviewing it. So he's not very relevant, let's say. But you went to go listen to it. But I went to go listen to it because we talked about it and we kind of mocked it. So I'm like, you know what? Let me give this an honest try. But if I woke up on Friday and I saw an aggregate score of 65, that 15 critics all wrote reviews and it's like an average of 65, it's probably not very good. But will these critics just be like, because the critics that listen to the albums, I find, correct me if I'm wrong, please, okay. just listen to the album and just give it a score on how they, how they consume the album. Yeah. Fan or not fan. Yeah. And I find that, look, fuck, uh, it's Busta Rhymes. He's put out shit. I'm listening to the albums. I'm not really into it. Here's the score. Versus to where people like me and you are fans and we go listen to it and we could actually digest the album properly and actually give a proper score on an album. Okay, so this very I like that point as well, but how much of a fan are we? To me, Bust Rhymes and I said it, I don't think he has a classic album. I think he has three very good albums at most. Very early in his career, he's far removed from them. Am I a Bust Rhymes fan? I enjoyed three of his albums at some point in my life, and I owned them. Would you go see him live with me? Absolutely not. I would never. I would never, never, never leave this house to go see Buster Rhymes. Okay. And I'm, that's that's not a disrespect to his performance. That's not a disrespect to how good of an artist he is, or how talented he is, or how good of a show he puts on. It's my interest of not wanting to go yeah, see this fine. live. The the 
the way these critics consume music is much like you and I. Very much. We did a Radiohead episode where you knew three or four albums, but you listened to them from a general music point of view. Mm-hmm. I did good, I think. You did. You've listened to albums when we've worked all day. Like you've told me, for example, when Arcade Fire Reflector came out, how shit is this? People agreed with that. People agreed that that was their first bad album. You have the general ear to hear that this thing isn't as bad as, 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 isn't as good as people are praising it to be, or isn't as bad as people hate it. You have that ear. You've heard Tame Impala albums and said, fuck, this is good. Fuck, this is good. Did you know that these albums are praised by critics? Absolutely not. There you go. Broken Bells, too, I liked a lot. That was a very well-liked album, but that's the thing. When you hear an album, it's like... As a critic, you're listening to it the same way that we would. A hundred percent. Okay. There are albums in my collection that I own for maybe an artist like I own one. Like Robin. Do I care for Robin's catalog? No. Honey was a fucking great album. Whether you like electronic music, pop music, dance music, whatever it is, you'll listen to that album and be, fuck, this is good. Like a one MIA album, MIA. M.I.A. Kala. Kala? There was one album I, I was like, fuck. I liked it. I really she liked it. Out, yeah, she put it out. But okay, so when I listened to the West Side Gun album, was I not able to tell you, I know this is not his best work and I don't yeah, need to hear it? Yeah, 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 you were right. Because you could hear it. You were right. You could hear from a general ear that this is either good or not. Or it's not, yeah, it's not his best album. And then a lot of the times, like the first time I heard the Gorillaz album, I was like, okay, it's fine. I saw the scores coming in, kept going up, kept going up. It had an aggregate score of 80. Wow. So I'm like, hey, there's something I'm missing. Listen to it again. Nah, I'm not clicking. It didn't click. It didn't click. And then one day I just put it on and I let it play as I did my work. And it just hit. But you can't really get a one-time listen and score it, no? It's very hard after one listen. And I do think, like this girl's album, it takes many listens to really like something. Well, fuck, I, I, I listened to, P- to Pimba Butterfly about 10 to 15 times before I said, this is better than Good Kid, Matt City. How difficult was that album when we first heard it? Because it was long. There was a lot going on. We were trying to digest it. It came out. There was a fucking snowstorm outside. Yeah. What, like when I was listening to it and taking the bus to work. I was just like, but again, you listen and you fucking discover and you digest. Yeah. That's the other thing with critics is that they're, they're, they get advanced copies. So the guy that's writing the critic of To Pimp a Butterfly, that you're going to see a score of 9.5 or 10 or whatever and be like, well, relax. He's maybe heard it 10 times. You think? Now. Really? Absolutely. Well, how, do you write a, how do you write a review on one listen? Yeah, but you leak. Then you could, well, like, I could be a fucking asshole. You gave me the you bus. You certainly could. But if you're working for fucking Rolling Stone and you're working for Spin and you're working for Pitchfork and you're working for that, you better not fucking leak the album. Or you lose that's your job. job. Your job is to not... That's it, plain and simple. Your job is to not leak the album. Where I work, I can't bring content home. That's part of the job. You can't leak the album. I wish I was doing reviews and stuff like that. It's a nice, it's a nice thing to be able to do. It's an, it's, it's a, and, and, that's, and that's why when you get these reviews right away, like My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, 10 on 10. And it's not just the guy from Rolling Stone saying it, the guy from Pitchfork is saying it, the guy from Spin saying it, the guy from... Fucking, I don't know where else is saying it. There's an agreement here that this is a great album. That this is a, possibly an instant classic. 
there's sometimes that I, I see reviews I'm like you're deaf for sure like no like, I can't remember off the top of my head but there's some fucking reviews that that like that that guy uh, Anthony uh, the bald guy what's his name Anthony Fantano yeah and I love I like bald people don't worry about it he did an interview with uh, Damon Albarn was it today really about yeah he loved that album but you see that's like he would he'll give something a fucking six I'm like are you deaf like, are you doing it on purpose? Like, I think his word is sometimes worth more than the critics. That's what's crazy. But I have problems. Like, sometimes when you tell me, Steve, look at what Pitchfork gave this. And I'm like, I'm not fucking going to read it. Because these guys just are either going to just fucking use big words and bash it. <laughs> yes. Or yeah. I'm gonna read the fucking review and I want to understand a goddamn thing. Sometimes I sometimes I read through entire Pitchfork reviews, like the, let's say the score is an eight eight point five and eight point six, and I'll read through the whole review and be like, "So did they like it? Did they?" Yeah, right. You know, like yeah, yeah. It's 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 strange how sometimes the reviews like I I could call out like a local band Wolf Parade when they came back from their hiatus a couple of years ago, put out cry cry cry. It got a 6.7. They praised it like they were the next big band to come. It's hard to, it's, it's hard sometimes to understand like within the context of this is just a small band that had a breakout, a breakout debut album and never really pierced. This album's pretty good. It's a 6.8. Just tell me it's if just it's, being praised. Just tell me if it's fucking good or not and why you don't like it. That's why sometimes just the number's enough. Uh, but how do you take in critics? I don't. I don't. I don't. I look at numbers and I'm just like, okay. And then I go listen to it and I fucking figure it out on my own. But let's say, for example, like this Westside Gun album, the last one. Yes. You first heard it. You said you're not too sure about it. You want to give it another listen. You want to give one day to the next, a review pops up, another review pops up. The reviews are starting to come in and people are saying, that's all right. It's, we shouldn't, it's all right. We shouldn't right. have used the West Side Gun thing, though. But doesn't that sway your opinion in a way? Does it not make you feel like, okay, yeah, no, you know, it's not his best? No, because some of these people are just reviewing West Side Gun for the first or second time, so don't understand the West Side Gun artists that's, like that's I bullshit. do. That's not true what you just said. Steve, they're reviewing them once or twice. It doesn't mean they've never heard him. Yeah, but what, But but they're reviewing him on just a listen where they don't know where he's coming from, this guy? How do you know that? Because How do you know that? Why don't they review the other albums then? Why are they just reviewing this one for the first time? Tomorrow, this is why I wouldn't, I didn't want to pick West Side Gun as an artist. Okay, but tomorrow we launch alltimepod.com. Okay. Okay? West Side Gun drops an album every fucking week. Next week you're going to review his album. We're going to publish it on the site. You give it a 7 on 10. The fan of West Side Gun in Buffalo reads the article saying, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? He's never heard him before. This is his first review on West Side Gun. You've heard the catalog. How does that how does that judgment work? Well, what I would do would probably say I've listened to all of West Side Gun albums, and I think that I would integrate in me explaining about the album. I think this is better than this one. I think he should have used this. I would I would integrate me knowing more about the artist. But you don't have to though, and that's the point of a review. Is it's this album we're talking about? It's like saying. And this is the whole thing now. It's great that we're talking about this because we're tying in the whole sequel thing to mm -hmm. an album, okay? If you watched one movie by a director, 
okay, I'll give the example of a general, like a very popular example of Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. You like the Dark Knight. You like what he did with the Batman movies. Fuck yeah. Because they're about Batman. Do you care to watch Prestige? What's that? It's about magic. Oh, about that's magicians. the one with, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, probably too complicated for my brain. Okay. Do you review that movie based on, I liked what he did in Batman's, but this movie has Hugh Jackman. What the fuck is he doing here? Yeah, but movies and music is totally different. It's not. It's not. It, it's not all that different. And yes, we talk about the sequels and not liking it, but it's not all that different. If your album is good and I'm a fan of your music, let's say The National, for example, their first two albums aren't great. The middle period is very good. Their last album is not great. It doesn't require me to have heard the rest of the albums. Yes, in some, in some, to some extent, I'm comparing why I like the middle chunk of their catalog versus the rest. But I could tell you why the new album isn't great. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but some artists... That's why I didn't want to pick Wes Eichen, because the way he... His music and the way he makes his music is just... It's, I, I, I'm trying to explain this to you. It's just like... There's something about West Side Gun that people might not like when they listen to this album versus that album. You know what I mean? It's like it's more it's harder of a artist to digest. You know what I mean? And you could be right by saying, okay, Fly God and Supreme Blind Teller, whichever ones you heard are better than this. But you never went back to the Hitlers. But like, you don't know that either, though, Steve. I know, but I'm just trying to say it's it'll upset you because you like the music. But in but reality can... speaking, you're running a staff. Mm-hmm. You're running a staff. If we had three writers for All Time Pod, okay? You and I are, are coordinating this. There's one writer that knows indie. There's one writer that knows hip-hop. There's one writer that takes care of top 40. The top 40 person will certainly not review Hitler Wears Hermes 9. Mm-hmm. So what's the assumption that this guy doesn't know what he's talking about? But he's going to listen to it and he's, not, he's just not going to be able to digest that artist of what he does musically. Do you know I, what I mean? But how do you know that? I, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not, <laughs> I'm trying to understand what makes you believe that a negative review on an artist means you don't know the artist. Not every album by an artist is a nine or an eight, right? I think I know it's more with depending with artist. Numerous <laughs> projects from an artist. I don't know, man. I just, I, I just find you need to, you need to know more about that artist to be able to review him properly. But in order to review him properly, and be able to give an artist a six point five, has nothing to do with how well you know the artist. I don't know. That's why I don't read reviews. That's why I, I hate going to read reviews because I don't want what somebody says, and I think that that person might not know. Make me change my mind and be like, ah, I'm gonna give this a six point five. Ah, I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna listen. So to you it don't trust this. the writers? No. Unfortunately, maybe for some things. Okay, I find that I'm, I find that interesting. I love talking about this because this is like saying like, why the fuck? And I'm putting this on there. I'm putting this in the episode. Why the fuck should anyone trust what we say? Because if we we're just doing this to talk and just to get our voices out there. I know, but versus- somebody that listens to the episode and hears me say like. Oh, he really liked the last Gorillaz album. What the fuck does he know? He didn't hear the self-titled in Demon in Demon Days. But, but it's different than us having our podcast is based on us having a conversation about music okay. and talking about artists and talking about albums. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
versus where a guy is going to give us something a 6.5 and I'm going to fucking read it or I'm going to be like, ah, that's 6.5. Fuck, I'm not going to go listen to it versus fuck that guy's giving a 6.5. Why okay. is he giving it a 6.5? Does he know the artist? Like, has he reviewed other stuff? Like, what does he know what he's talking about? Okay. So you want to know more of the history on the reviewer? Ex like, because you're giving somebody and okay, well, we're using West Side Gun. I'm giving you this album by West Side Gun, right? It's his probably his 10th, 15th album. Yeah. Okay. And you're going to give it a 6.5, but you're giving it a 6.5. What's the basis on that 6.5? Well, that's when you read the review and he's telling you why it's a 6.5. Okay. That's what the review is. But, but we, again, a guy like West Side Gun, you need to know who the artist is. Okay. The reason he makes his music like that. Okay. Again, you're going to probably say, oh, it's the first one I reviewed and this guy's doing gunshots in his music. He shouldn't be doing that. Do you know what I mean? It's but like, that's the, that's the, now that's a step even further in saying like, how poorly do you run your magazine or your company or your press? If you're talking about a company like, and I'm not trying to defend them, but if you take a Pitchfork, for example, I highly doubt they make the guy that never listened to West Side Gun review West Side Gun I albums. thought Pitchfork was the guys that you, everybody just listens to different albums. It's always different people doing it, no? But there's a lot of, yeah, yeah. So they contribute different writings. Like it's rare that you'll see an, a writer that reviewed two times the same artist. But I think within their type of music, they kind of stick to the same genres maybe they expand a bit into other areas but like it's common like i mean to me it's just common basic common sense if you and i started reviews on our website and we had three other writers with us and there was a new west side gun album common sense one two three and myself are not going to review this album you will yeah because i know the artist so why would you look at a website and say they don't know what they're talking about before you even read or know like Sorry if I keep repeating the same question. I find it I find it interesting because we do it. Yeah, but we do it and the thing is is how do I explain this without being gloating? We know the music. We talk about what we know. So if a guy like you is gonna talk about Radiohead, you know Radiohead, you're talking about all the albums of Radiohead. Same thing as what let's say about me, the Outcast episode. We know Outcast, so we went through all the albums. We know everything yeah. about it. So people are listening to our us all time podcast yeah. because they followed us. So they know that we know about this. So they can know that we give. It's not personal to a certain extent. It's more of we're listening to the but we music. Do, but it is personal, though, I find. But I'm not going to say an album is good just because I like the artist. I'm going to be honest. We're well, yeah, honest, how about, good the album is. We're yeah, honest yeah, yeah. about it. But okay, so you spoke about Trash Talk in season one. Schoolboy Gives Trash Talk. You were yes. disappointed as fuck. As a motherfucker. I bought that album. It's the last album that I've had to return to the store. We've expressed how much we dislike this album. Mm -hmm. But before you heard this album, the critics were very weak. On Crash Talk? The, the critics for Crash Talk were weak across the board. If 10 people are bringing the score for this album down into the 50s on 100, and you, and, and, and you somehow hear it and say, like, fuck, this is not good, and see that 50s, that's 10 people that know what they're talking about. Yeah, but I didn't look at reviews for Crash Talk. That's fine. Because you heard it and you judged mm -hmm. it for yourself. But that's kind of the proof in some way that if 20 people, I'm not saying like one website, okay? But if, if you look at an aggregated score of something that calculates 20 reviews of an album, 
that averages at 70, it's a pretty good idea of what you can expect. I, I don't know. It's not 20 people that don't know what they're talking about reviewing an album. Mm-hmm. Maybe one or two. So what about we, if we take the me and Drake? Yeah. Everybody says Take Care is fucking yeah. amazing. Uh-huh. That doesn't do nothing to me. But you so, don't like the artist. But I, but yeah, exactly. But I've listened to all his other stuff. I know who the artist is. Yeah. So I will give a good review on that album. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, Not necessarily. If you don't like the album, you're not obliged to give it a good review. No, no, no. But I would be, I'm going to be honest with my score. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm okay. not gonna, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know what the artist is. I know what I don't like about the artist. So yeah. I'm going to integrate that in what I'm doing. Yeah. Like we've done on episodes here. Yes. Yeah. So that's where I find it's like. It just, but again, why would you be given the job to do the Drake album if we, if we vocally agree that you are going to destroy this album, whether it's good or bad? Not what, if it's good. No. If I like something, I'm, I'm going to be honest about it. You've made me hear different albums and I've been like, oh, this is actually good. We've well, done that. We're, we're, yeah, but now we're getting into specifics. We know you don't like Drake. But I could probably... Look, it was in our top 100s. Because we did that list together. Yeah, and I gave my points of, oh, this was good. He was good for doing this. I don't like it. I don't understand why people actually like it this much. Mm-hmm. I could give my... like. You but there's bands I don't like either, though. Yeah. Like, that's just a, that's just the but, way you hear music. Yeah, but again, you're honest. You're you're giving your honest opinion, too. Yeah. I just... Uh, I am. I get what you're saying. You, I, and, and I get what you're saying 110%. Yeah. I just find that sometimes reviews just... It's... For certain things, it's like... I don't know. I, I find it... I, I don't know. I, I find it... I can't go. I, like I can't your, go. I, I no, can't no, go... I, like, sometimes I'll look and I'll be like, why the fuck would this guy give this? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't want it to tamper with me listening to the artist That's or the album. That's very good. That's honestly, you know I, I applaud mean? you for that because I struggle with that. So, yes. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, oh, fuck, this gave it this, this gave it that. It's like sometimes when we're, we're listening to an artist, let's just take fucking E-40, for example, right? Mm-hmm. E-40 has 20 albums. We would go and be like, oh, fuck, this is a 7.5. This is a fucking nine. But then we go listen to it and it's the opposite. You know what I mean? It's like... But be honest, when an artist has 20 albums, let's say like an E40... I shouldn't have maybe picked E40, but you know what I mean? It's like we're like... But the reviews on something like that are good to have. Because his fives... When you have 20 albums, the albums that he has fives and he has sixes and he's like, okay, maybe these aren't the ones we're going to hear. You can respect... You can look at that and and, and take that and say like, okay, I I agree with this. But maybe those reviews, something like that will ruin us liking the album or yes. actually You're right. paying attention to the yeah. album. I think going back to my initial point with so much music to consume, yeah, I need a bit of a guideline. You have more, way more music than me to consume and that's fucking totally understandable because you listen to so many more genres. Look at the back of you with those CDs. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's like, I want, I just want, it's like, we shouldn't have picked West Side Gunners artist because it's a very difficult artist to just like, and I applaud you for going to listen to him. And, I, and you see a guy like you that listens to music and knows music and like has listened to different projects. I will understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. I will also tell you different things like, yeah, you, maybe you might not like it. And 
these are the faults in it, but I'll tell you why it sounds like this. Do you know what I mean? For sure, for sure. But that's also that also being said, I I still stick to that thing and, and maybe like I'm I'm too fixed on it. But what you just said again goes in favor like also in is in favor of the critic writing the review. Re- critics listen to more music than we do. It's their job. Mm-hmm. We do this for fun. We stick to the music we like and reach out and, and kind of touch. But but for the most part, we stick to the music we like. Critics listen to much more music than we do. So there's more, like that Fantano guy, his word is sometimes worth more than... Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but I think like what, just like the people coming to listen to us here... They they know our background. They know where we're what we listen to. They know that we don't just go listen to one album from an artist. We dissect the complete body of works from the artist. Yeah. So it's like we know what these guys do. Yeah. We understand what these guys do. We know the information they're giving us has some truth in it, some way or another. Okay. Versus where a guy is gonna fucking review one album from this guy and it's just gonna be like meh. And just completely destroy that project or somebody going to listen to it. That's just my point on this whole thing. Versus, you know what I mean? Like, we do it because... Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, we're going to fucking do the whole Radiohead. We're going to do all the Outkast, all the Kanye's, all the Jay-Z's. We know... We Steve, we listen to music in a whole. It's like, it's yeah, all there. It's the, yeah. You, you're going to fucking say a Jay-Z album is a 6 on 10, and then you're going to go say another one is a 10 on 10. Do you know what I mean? For sure. Versus to where it's just like, here, listen, I don't know. I just, I have trouble with people that review albums, and like sometimes when Pitchfork... But let's say you got a job at Pitchfork, okay? I'm just hypothetically. You got a job at Pitchfork. You're starting. It's your new week, okay? You have five albums to review this week. One of them's a West Side Gun album. One of them's... Uh, anyways, five hip hop albums get pushed your way. You got to review this: a Big Sean, a Griselda, a fucking a West Side Gun. Uh, YG has a new album. Okay, all these guys have new albums. You got to re- you got to write reviews mm-hmm. for these five albums. Mm-hmm. Okay, and every day of the week, your review comes out. Someone like you in LA opens the website and says, "Fuck is this guy talking about giving YG a seven? Mm-hmm. It just seems like you're 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 totally not realizing the point of like you're hiring people that know how to write, you're hiring people that listen to music, you're hiring people that know their stuff. That's the point. To me, that's that's where the trust is built. I gotta trust that this media, this yeah. press, is gonna hire see a press that I don't trust is consequence of sound when it comes to reviews. Rarely is anything less than a B minus. So everything that gets put out is good? I don't think so. Hmm. You get what I'm saying? But it's also like the pitchfork where they give... What album they they give last year, the year before, a fucking nine, but it was not a nine. They gave Fiona Apple a 10 this year. So I can't get through it, but it's not for me. So why is my score... Mm -hmm. What are other reviewers giving it? Very high. Mm Mm-hmm. In the 9.510 range. If I write a review on Fiona Apple and give it a 6.57, I am the reviewer you're talking about. 
I shouldn't be reviewing that. I don't know it. But say, for example, like a band like Beach House, where every album sounds exactly the same, I could trust the Pitchfork, who liked this album, this album, not this one so much. This one was all right, and now they had a really good one. I could kind of trust, because they've gone through this kind of... They, they've praised the band in the past. They've looked at this band. They've dissected this band. They cover them a lot. I would assume the writer writing the reviews on this band knows what they're talking about because Pitchfork cannot afford to give a shit review to Beach House. I like, you see, I have, I'm, I'm more of a listen or watch videos of people talking about the album and ex- like different expressions about the album. Like yeah, that that's in, good. Dead and hip hop. I yeah. love that shit because there's five guys, four guys in the room discussing an album. They all give their opinion on what they like Mm-hmm. And how they feel about the album. Mm-hmm. I like that versus one guy writing, and I'm not shitting on anyone no, because no, no, it's, no, it's, a, fine, it's yeah. writing a full fucking thing on it, and I just like don't know where it's coming from. Like it's like if somebody would give me the Twenty One Savage album, yeah, and Metro Booming, the way I would present it would be like, look, I've listened to all their other projects, I don't like it because of this. This one does this differently. It's like it's like. And but writing it down, it's I guess talking about it is easier than writing it down. Talking about it is much easier, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's why I like the dead and hip hops. That's why I like the the, the podcast that do what we do because it's mm-hmm. more of the you get a full background. It's it's your opinion, my opinion. Here it is. We've had it this so many times on this episode yeah. and this episode on this uh, this podcast where you say an album's like a. Seven and I'll be like, fuck no, it's a nine. Yeah. And we give her opinions on it. Yeah. And it's more of a conversation. Absolutely. For sure. That's that. Yeah. That's exactly like, like as we discussed AT Aliens last week. Yes. This is a perfect example. Exactly. That's a, yeah. But I could, but you would trust my review of AT Aliens. Yes, I would trust But your, it wouldn't be your score. I, no, but I know that about, that you know the history of Outcast. You know, like, yeah, I don't know. I just find I just have trouble with written reviews and just looking at a score. I have trouble with that. I don't Let's want it to somebody, affect me because it could be very effectful and to the point where it's like, fuck six point five, fuck. I'm I'm not gonna go listen to this. There it goes. But would you not say like, okay, let's say for example, I'm switching it up now just to add shit to say, but. Stankonio turned 20 last week. Mm-hmm. Everyone was praising it. People were really paying tribute to the album. What if somebody wrote an article saying like, Stankonia didn't really age as it should have. Here's why. Would you take the time to see Ho? I, I want to know why. this guy. Or would you automatically jump to saying, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know Outcast. No, I would read it and see where he's coming from. Okay. Because Eva was ha- you have had to... Listen to fucking everything else Outcast says. In order to say that. Okay, that's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. I'd rather have that than, hey, Outcast turned 20. It's a 6.5 on 10. What? Yeah, no, that doesn't work. You know what I mean? I like that more. That's why I like what we do. And please listen to us, people. (laughs) We're not shitting on our brand. And I like what other people do, like more of that review and stuff like that. Like, I like what Fantano guy does. Yeah. I just find sometimes he makes no sense with his reviews. 
and how he fucking rates things. I find he's very honest in if unlike other reviewers, like we said, the pitchforks, if you had like pitchfork writing a beach house review could relate to the if anything, Fantano is the one I find. And I don't agree with him very often at all. He's very tough to score things, but I find he gives it to you as an individual album all the time. Mm-hmm. This is West Side Gun. It's his 27th LP. Uh, the, the the Buffalo artist did this, 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 and that. And he reviews this project. Doesn't compare it to the one before. Doesn't compare it to the one after. He'll make reference to that. Well, he can't compare it to the one after. But he'll make reference to the one before and saying like, on his last album, the production was a little bit of that. On this time, he's working with these people. It sounds more like this. This is what I don't click with. Blah, blah. And he breaks that down for you. And usually the review starts with a track by track of the album. Yeah. And he'll go through the, 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 if there's 12 tracks, he'll start with like, I like this, I like this, that. then it kind of takes a dip. The music, the instrumentation isn't great. The production kind of lacks. Then the ending has a big epic closer. Blah. He drags you through the album. As, as as reviews should be done, we're talking about this album, not the one before, not the one after. And to be honest with you, I think most, if, if you have an ear for music, not everybody has it. If you have an ear for music, you should be able to review anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're right on that point. You're right. I'm not saying for me to be able to review a classical recording, but any hip hop album you give me, Based on what I know about hip hop, I should be able to review it. If it's too long, if the featurings don't stick with me, if it drags, if it's whatever the fuck, I would know that. But you see, like a West Side Gun artist for you, yeah, I would have given you it from the beginning till now. I get, I know there's a lot, Steve. I'm I'm just talking to you about the artist, not the projects, because there's mm-hmm. a lot. I would have made you listen to him from. The beginning till now to just... But I heard Fly God, right? Yeah, but there's fucking a lot more. But I'm just saying, the, like... The point is, when I heard the album, I said to you right away, I know this can't be his best work. No, and I agreed with you 100%. It didn't take much for somebody to hear that. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I find it's as easy as that sometimes. It's as easy as hearing like something that... that it doesn't even need to be a familiar artist... How do you think new bands explode and take off? New artists get discovered and stuff. It doesn't require you to learn know their old stuff. Something just has to have them break through. With and a then good you discover album. their new, their their older stuff. And it might not even be for you. And it happens a lot. Getting to our next subject. That was the next subject. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, that was a good conversation. It's just I like to trust my people. Did I get angry? Uh, you were fucking horrendous. I can't wait to leave from this household <laughs> and never come back. Um, no, no, it was fine. It's a fucking discussion. Jesus Christ. Um, I like to. I'm gonna end it off with this. Okay? Yeah, go for it. I like to trust the person I'm. I'm. I'm reading the review or listening to them. I need that trust. That's it. Point yeah, that. That's fine. And that's fair. And I like to critique my own, the albums myself as well. Yeah, I respect that because I have a trouble. Like I said, I have trouble with yeah, it. Yeah, but it's okay. That's why we're friends. We help each other out in these moments. Yeah. So I think we're good for today. I think we're good. Next week we have... Um, uh, the President of the United States, Kanye West. Yeah. Uh, beginnings to 808s and Heartbreak. Yeah, I'm excited. So we got to start. How the fuck are you going to do it? 
How am I going to do it? Yeah, because you're off on vacation. I'm pretty sure I know these albums well enough. Really? Okay, cool. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, but, uh, but I would like to go back and see what aged. Cause... Because. <sighs> okay. Well, if you find the time, please go back so we can have like. I'll find the time. Because of the, you know, did it age well. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go back. I'll find time. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for sticking around. Thanks, guys. Hope you trust us. Our uh, reviews are. Uh, yeah, hopefully point of not view. Gonna be, we're not going to break up and be a hiatus somewhere down the road. I don't see it anytime soon. No, me neither. Thank you, guys. You okay? Yeah, I'm fantastic. <laughs> you? I'm good. Those fucking donuts really fucking made me sleepy. I didn't eat enough. How many did you eat? One. I only had one. No more decafs. It's going to be real coffee from now on. You fall asleep on the drive back home. You want to talk about that? Uh, so lately I've been having big issues after we finish recording. Yeah. I always fall asleep on the drive back home. Uh, I live about 25 to 30 minutes away, depending on traffic and fucking construction in this city of hell that we live in. Mm-hmm. And usually my eyes close, I would say, halfway through the drive. Yeah. And that could be a big car accident and something else that's worst. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen to me and we record next week. So thank you guys very much for coming through. Sorry about that. It's the way you put it. See you very soon. Or not. I'm going to hate if something came out. Bye.